It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. This is Sports Day. Good evening, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey. All thanks to Polaris, Australia's number one selling side-by-side brand. Polaris End of Financial Year dealers have been extended to the 31st of July. That's today. Get up to $3,000 free accessories on Polaris Rangers. Gee, some big news uh, hitting the the airwaves too. Of course, the fallout from the Aaliyah Lockie Jones collision. Buddy Franklin's announced his retirement tonight. The Matildas have to win against Canada to get through to the next stage of the tournament. And can the Aussies wrap up the final Ashes win? It's incredible. So welcome, the great man, Malcolm Jack Blight. Blighty, how are you? David Lachlan Wilde. Yeah, hey, what a summary. Yeah, isn't oh, there's a lot support? happening. Now, just before we get on to that, I mean, there's some things. The other thing I had written down here too is that the World Aquatic Championships in Japan at the moment, Australia's won 13 gold. USA have only won five. I know you, they've won a few more medals. 25 but, silvers, though, they had. Yeah. Yeah. And, it, I mean, how's that? And all the, the Diamonds smash VG, yeah. 101 to 32 in the Netball World Cup. Isn't there some sport going on around the world? And all the things that you've mentioned as well. One of the girls, I think, scored 56 goals. Point, yeah, yeah. Uh, Bloody, just on a sad note too, and it really is a sad note, uh, you'd remember Steve Malloy played for North Adelaide yeah. in the early 80s. Played about 60 games. He recently suffered from dementia. And I went wow. around and saw him only a couple of months ago, and he knew who I was. He remembered yeah. North, but the mind was going a bit. Found out he passed away oh. on Thursday or Friday last week. And their lovely physio... Her name was Libby Fardy back in the 80s. She's now Libby Austin and went to the Olympics a couple of times, worked for the you know, the Australian team, worked for North Adelaide. Um, she went in for, uh, I think, just reasonably minor surgery and uh, and died also wow. in, in hospital. Yeah, so sad. it has been a great week for North Adelaide, both great North Adelaide people and extend their, their sympathies to the families of Steve Malloy and Libby Austin. Yeah, well said, David. Um Look, I guess just on that, uh, a bit of sadness in the football world today too with the great Lance Buddy yeah. Franklin retiring. Um, he's, he's been called a lot of things. Uh, you've you've said he's probably the best player you've seen in the last I, modern era. Most um, most exciting on his day. You yeah. know, well, you have the same, you have the sort of similar flair. When you go and watch a player, I'm trying to think of someone now that it was not Buddy, where you go, probably Charlie Kurnow can be that yes, player where you can. can jump oh, up yeah. and take a mark. Yep. Buddy, you knew, um, he's, and you you made a great point. You know, Buddy wasn't a ten out of ten, but if you got more than eight things that are good, <laughs> you can still be a champion. He right. had at least eight. Maybe right. he wasn't the greatest overhead mark, no, but he, he's better than most people on the ground. And a wonderful kick. Now, I'm just going to mention something here. Back in 1996, the Hall of Fame was first introduced, and there was a hundred players put in, and other people all sorts of walks of life in the game of football. And what one of them did, there was a panel put in a team of the century. Now, it's a very illustrious uh, group of people mentioned it. I'm going to visit that this week. So just, I want you to think, I'm going to think about it. Does Buddy replace someone in that team of the century? Or, or is it unfair to have 
modern footballers going back to say when yes, Hayden but, Button yeah, played? Yeah, well, there, that's a good question. Now, Dick Reynolds and Hayden Button are both in it, and they're back in the 1930s. So, so there were people 30s, 40s, 50s, yeah. 60s, 70s, 80s. So if they did that team now, for instance, and, and we'll talk about it not right now, could he replace an Alex Jezelenko, a Dick Reynolds, a three-time Brownlow medalist and played in heaps of premierships? Hayden Button won three Brownlows and three Sandovers. Yeah. And Lee Matthews, who was in the forward pocket. And I must say, Gary Ablett's on the bench, senior, is on the bench in this team. And I was actually nominated in the forward pocket. Lee Matthews, Gary Ablett and myself. Pretty hard to get in that. It's him. So, but that's what I'm saying. I reckon we should have a debate. And I'd love to people to come and just have a comment. Should, does Buddy overtake them? Maybe, maybe I, I reckon I can a case for Buddy v Jeselinka. If you look at yeah. Jeselinka, was brilliant. But, but, but if, if it was done now, I don't mind if Buddy takes my nomination in the pocket because I didn't get the right. team anyhow. I'm putting him. I'm putting him in. <laughs> hey, now on a serious note, we had a bit of a bit of a laugh for the first couple of minutes. You were not happy when you saw. A Lear's head, as oh. I know what you like with a concussion, and this is oh. why you're so dirty on anyone that sling tackles and bangs head yeah. on the ground. When Lear hit Lockie Jones, to me, we called on SEN, we were mortified. Both We thought they were both in serious trouble, and I said they'd probably end up in the RAH, both of them, that night. Lo and behold, five minutes later, Aaliyah reappears on the ground, and everybody in the ground was staggered. And I know your thoughts on this. You must have been thinking, what the hell is going on? Can I tell you, I was sitting with Patsy watching the game. Obviously, you know, we watch a lot of footy together. When it happened, she said, Malcolm, that's just what you look like when you got knocked out all those times. You know, I mean, so she watched, you know. You could see it. Like, they yeah. looked both to be out momentarily, didn't they? Yeah. And, Lucky Jones fell yeah. with his arm in the air. Yeah. And now, I'm, I'm, this is this is not a victimisation here. This is just fact. Those Those boys, just everything geared to... They were concussed. Oh, no doubt. No, no doubt. Now, the ramifications of that are today, the AFL have asked to almost to please explain, haven't they? Uh, they have. There's been an, an update. I believe both boys have been ruled out this week. Now, I'm not 100% sure. And I believe the doctor has said he got it wrong too. Oh, well. The Port Adelaide doctor has come out and said, I, I got that wrong. So we'll have more of that tomorrow. All be hit the papers tomorrow. But um, it is... It's just remarkable that given all this, what we, we see Wally Lewis come out, they Correct, say yeah. he thinks he's got CTE, yeah. or the early the early signs. I'm sure. And and there's all these court cases about every past player suing for AFL. Now we know the protocols. Yes. And the doctor felt that he didn't have to do the concussion test. Just do it. I want to talk to him. We've got Mark Bickley on. We'll talk to him. And I know that Mark, I, I've talked to him about this off air, you know, over a coffee or something when this all came up. And I remember him going to some classes. I actually went some classes on the Gold Coast, exactly what protocols you had to do. So just just keep listening. I'll, I'll, I'll just reiterate what I did with the Gold Coast Suns and this whole new process of watching. And Mark, I reckon, went through the same thing. I reckon even Port supporters have been staggered that the boys are uh, let out, as we believe they won't be playing against Geelong, Aaliyah and Lockie Jones. You want to give us a call, one three hundred seven three six seven three six. Let's take John, one of our, our regulars, uh, hi, Johnny. You there, John? Uh, I, I, yeah, yeah, boys, how you going? Oh, okay. Well, just, we'll just come back. Actually, actually, Sam and Brendan have just put up something on the uh, on the text line here. The question bloody posed regarding Buddy Franklin is on our Twitter at Sports Day SA. 
the question was, could he replace one of them? Well, I'd like to go through Jez Linko's record too. And I know he's a wonderful player, yeah. a bit before my time, and um, you, you'd have played with it against, oh, against him. him. Yeah, great player. Wonderful player. But gee, so Buddy's done it for 20 years. Yeah, Where just, does longevity come into oh, it? No, just, and he's I, kicked 1,000 goals. Yeah, but uh, Jez Linko kicked 100 goals, but he also played half back, half yeah. forward everywhere. I mean, he yeah. played a lot of spots. Well, Buddy wasn't your lay down full forward either, no, was he? No, no. He's no. a roaming forward. You've got him as a tall half-forward yeah. flanker. Yeah, see, John Commons in that team of the century. I know we're going to talk about it again later. But is, is Lockett better or Dunstall better than John oh, Coleman? That, that's like, you know. He only played 98 games, Coleman. Yeah, no, but uh, he kicked, what, 500 goals. Yeah, kicked 12 in his first game. Yes, that's not bad. <laughs> he did, badly did an E. Yeah. Um, and obviously a wonderful player. But, I mean, when you, you're splitting hairs with Dunstall or Lockett, yeah. And sort of different players. Dunstan yeah. oh, more leader. Yeah. Lock at the big the oh, big yeah. stay at home full forward. Injury update, thanks to Booper. Switch to Booper Can Stars Outstanding Value Health Insurance. Well, we've just said two of the boys uh, won't be playing this week. Lockie Jones and Aaliyah. And bad news for Jordan Butts, bloody. It looks like he's broken oh, a bone in his foot. Terrible. Foot injuries are bloody nuisances. He'll miss the remainder of the season there yeah. with a fractured foot. Terrible. And, of course, the big one we just spoke about, Lance Franklin. He's retired from the game, suffered a calf injury, and the last calf injury had went 12 weeks. So he's decided to hang up the boots and what a wonderful player. Um, so all thanks to Booper, join almost 4 million Australians and prepare for life with Booper because life happens. Now, David, I, I, we haven't even mentioned this, but I, I think we should. We've got to mention that after 54 showdowns between Adelaide and 27 all. Oh, isn't that, that is oh, the greatest incredible. rivalry and... I mentioned that little sign's going to be at the Adelaide Airport coming up shortly yeah. in the bar, sports bar there. It's a great rivalry. Uh, yeah, and, uh, and that is now they've they've finished it off because uh, Collingwood Carlton have just Crows were great though, weren't they? Oh, and fantastic. right from the first yeah. bounce, their yeah. intensity. Yeah, it was good. And and your man Matt Crouch, why hasn't been playing? Yeah, well, because he's changed. They've actually, he's actually got some coaching into him. And I told you, I, I was. Not critical. I just didn't like the way he played handball for flat. Rather foot. than getting out, out for. Sometimes you can just use your legs but and then make the. He could have done that six weeks ago. That change. He, he if that's what they wanted him to do. Yeah, yeah. but hang on. I, I mean, I didn't. I, I watched one game early of the Adelaide reserves team. Yes. Um, so I haven't actually seen him. You, you need to see that to be on top of that to understand. He's why. a better player than a sandful player. Oh well, yeah. Most definitely. He's all Australian. I mean, he won the best in first. And the Irishman comes in keen. Oh, yeah. Um, Nan Kerber's second it? game. Yeah. Long sleeves look yeah. good. Yeah, he's, hey? he's got something. He's got something. See, they're running out of defenders. We'll try Johnny again. Hello, John. Hello, David. That's Matt. better. Got gotcha. you. Got you. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, Matty Crouch is a far, um, far better player than Alexander Philpott. I buy that absolutely in the space. But, um, Malcolm, I'd, I'd have you on my side here, Buddy Franklin. If I pick you my team of the century, I can remember the 17-year-old uh, the day that you destroyed Port and Lake Magpies at an oval kicking nine goals that in 1985 in your last year of you know, any sort of football and all the rest of it. Uh, that stands in my memory. Uh, I don't want to pin in your back pocket, but you were back on ground and daylight was second. And um, it's just, yeah, that, the, the tail end of the house in days with the NFL. And sure, a bit of the North Melbourne on the telly and all the rest of it. That's why it's almost intimidating to talk to. And I've done it plenty of times, but in a hundred years' time, and we're all long gone, your name will still be remembered in football. But I just want to talk about Ken Hinckley. I'm an enormous Ken Hinckley fan, and having the experts come out now, 
and starting to candy because he lost three in a row and whatever else. He's just starting to. Uh, they went there a month ago, and um, she, she's a she's a fickle game that coaching business. <laughs> John, it is. Thanks, John. Yeah, John, I reckon someone said you you got to be half mad to do it, and I, I probably ticked that box. But can I also say, and this is for those people that want to be detractors at the moment because of what what happened. You know, on the weekend, the three top teams got beaten by a total of 105 points. Collingwood got beat by 17 points. Port Adelaide by 47. And Brisbane lost the Q clash against the Gold Coast by 41 points. So are we going to sack all those coaches? Well, one one has Gold Coast, Stewie Juice Gold. No, no, but we've got yeah, it. Yeah, this yeah. One, you know what I mean? No. So it, it's just a, why people do that. Let the year unfold. Let but the, the, year unfold. the bigger question, and he brings it makes a great point. Where are Port Adelaide now? You know, you lose one. You always say that you can yeah, have yeah. a mulligan. You can yeah, do yeah. this again. You lose two, and their second loss was against Collingwood. Collingwood. They put up a great. Probably should have won the game. Yeah. But it was pretty evident that they weren't up to it last week. Now, whether that's mental or whatever, I mean, they they, they had a couple out. Lysette, obviously the big one in the ruck, but Adelaide had three or four of their, their better players out, and they don't quite have the depth that Port have. So where, where do you see Port Adelaide? Well, I, I reckon you're going to get a good line after this week. And we're going to talk about the game a bit later in the week, of course, that they're going to play Geelong at Geelong. Who are missing a couple, no, Blixarves and Hawkins? Hawkins, yeah. So, it's it, you know, it's going to be... They, so Port Adelaide are going to have a couple out. We know that. So now. you lose. Say say they do. I, I think they can win that game. But say they lose it. That's four on the trot. Yeah. Approaching finals. Yeah. What is it? It's not. The alarm ideal. bells start to ring. It could. It could. But Ken Hinckley's been around a long time now. He's a very experienced coach. He has a very experienced panel. Don't panic. And I'm sure they won't. I don't think Ken's panicking. No. But it just. Um, you start to rethink things uh, four weeks ago. And, and does it mask a lot of the close wins they had? Say they split those, yeah. you know, eight eight close victories yeah. or whatever. Suddenly they are seventh or eighth. Yes, that's good. Yes, you're quite right. You're absolutely right. Interesting stuff. So much to get through. We're going to go and find out the weather. Um, Australia, we haven't even mentioned that, but they need 250 runs to yeah. win. Yeah. And I think providing the weather, you know, holds out, they, they should do that easy. Basically, it's a one-day game now. Yeah, can With, I just say, the only bloke is that quickie, Mark Wood, if he gets going... Did he limp off? Yeah, oh, look, last, I might, yeah. And he bowled a couple yeah, overs. Yeah, I know. Mo and Ali can't yeah, bowl. Oh, no, well, no. So, but, but he's the only one, I reckon, that can actually blast them out. Well, the pitch hasn't broken up. Pitch is really, really... Yeah, but hang good. on. It might got some juice in it with some rain under the covers. You know the old rain under the covers? We'll find out. We're going to yeah. go all the way to the Oval a little bit later. And also Mark Bickley to just have a look at that uh, showdown. Mark was yeah. part of the SN commentary team. A show thanks to Kia. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Malcolm Blight and David Wildy, Sports Day SA. The award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports Day SA, Malcolm Blight and David Wildy. Thanks to Kia, the Kia Sorento, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup. What a game tonight. Matildas v Canada. They have to win. The FIFA Women's World Cup has arrived in Adelaide at Tantania. Visit fifa.com slash tickets. Just want to play a couple of grabs before we go to your uh, Kia Top 7, Malcolm. First one, a lot of discussion about Aaliyah and Jones. Here's the coach on Aaliyah, Aaliyah and Lockie Jones. 
The only thing I can work you through is that it was it was played out through the right hands, and that was the doctor. And the doctor made those decisions based around both players, and and he was really really clear and really really certain to me. And Alir was too. With with Alir in particular, I can tell you because I, I actually sat and spoke with Alir, and Alir spoke with me clear as clear as he could be. Uh, the doctor was very very comfortable that the situation was well and truly. Okay, and that he was able to go back on. As you said, he went back out there and played the whole game. So I don't think there's too many problems with Alir, other than he got beaten in badly. But he was getting beaten by Tyler Walker for a fair bit of the night. I think there are problems now. Uh, we believe they're both out next week. The doctors admitted he made a mistake. I don't know how um, Ken can look at a bloke and say I think he's okay. He seemed, what did he say, as good as he was before the game. Saying, but how do you know? As You've had said, your head banged. How do you know? I've seen many players go through it. I've been through it myself. And you think you're okay, but you're not. I can oh. guarantee you now you're not. I agree. And very quickly, too, we've uh, Ken on three losses in a row. Clearly, it's concerning, but unfortunately, as I said, footy seasons are always made up of chunks. You know, there's, there's the team in the competition right now who, who are playing some really strong football who lost a lot of games in a row early in the year. I think there's two or three of them, you know, and they've got on runs. So that's what happens. You get, you get your opportunity in a whole season to build your season, and we've done that really well to this point. We're in a little patch at the moment that we'd much rather not be in, but we won't be staying in this patch. We'll do everything we can to get out of this patch, and we'll, we'll continue on and qualify as high as we possibly can. Yeah, and I think that's right. I mean, what he said then is 100% right. I mean, you look back, no one's ever gone through a season undefeated. Not in a straight this line? No, never, ever been a straight line. Never has. Last year, Geelong got on a roll late after some very ordinary form early and maintain it. it. It is most unusual. So they've had their 13 wins. They will qualify for the finals. That's probably, what they Probably still out. second, most likely. Yeah. Most well, likely. Mate, but you know what? Third or fourth's all right. You can still win. Yeah, of course you can. You know, there's only... Yeah. Giants are going all right. Seven on the trot. Yeah, there's a couple. Carlton, okay. Carlton. Kier Six top, on the top. Kier top seven. Oh, here we go. <laughs> and are you put thought into this? Of course Some I have. Some days are unbelievable. Other days, you know, not sure. Excuse me. <laughs> I always put thought in it, yeah. David. Okay. Number seven. Tex Walker kicked. Seven goals. Beautifully done. And sits second on the ladder in the goal kicking. Number six. Charlie Kerno kicked six goals and sits first on the ladder of the goal. Either Coleman, yeah. Can can you think Walker can catch him or he's six behind? They played West Coast last week. Four to go. Four to go. Yeah, got West Coast. He can kick ten last time against them. Yeah, All right. Number five in the Kia top seven, Toby Green kicked five goals and got votes. What a, he's a good player, isn't he? F- sits fourth. Number four, you might not get this one. Is it a goal? So, no. Oh. Melbourne had a very good win. And, and they sit fourth oh, on I, the I, ladder. I thought you were going to say Petty kick. What about Petty? Yeah, Alison Petty, yeah. who's yeah. a defender, yeah. goes forward and kicks six. Yeah, it's been done before. A bloke called Shane Ellen did it too once. I was going to say Malcolm Blight did it. Yeah, it did too. Uh, number three, Sydney win three in a row. They've won three in a row. And now nobody. What a shame that is. Oh, that's a bit poor. Sydney win three in a row. That's your number three. Well, hang oh, on. I wanted to give Buddy a mention. What about number two? Play. Someone win two in a row. <laughs> no. <laughs> if Adelaide get two more wins, right? Yeah. It'll be the first time they've got double figures in wins since 2018. I like that. Like that. Oh, you like that yeah. one? And what's your number one? Oh, come on. Number one's so obvious. Collingwood is still on top of the ladder. That is number one. <laughs> That's very, very poor. Oh, come on. We're live from SNSA Studio Luma SA, One King William Street, and powered by Luma Energy SA. Switch to the affirmative.
the award-winning seven-seat Kia Sorento. Kia, official partner of the FIFA Women's World Cup 2023. Australian-owned and supporting communities, the arts and you. Join Lumo Energy today for a brighter essay. Sports SA, Malcolm Blight and David Wildey gear up for the winter toolkit depot with a huge range of outdoor power equipment and winter work. We'll get in there and have a look at that. They've got absolutely everything. Well, day five to finish the Ashes series is gone in a blink and a man on the spot's been Laurie Colliver. We've had the ups and downs. We've had rain. We've had brilliant cricket. We've had some, uh, I think, brain fades, if you like. But uh, what an interesting series. Loz, how are you? Uh, g'day, lads. Uh, out to go before the start of uh, the final day. We're finally getting close to the finish line, and uh, I'm good. I'm raring to go. I'm just watching the Aussie batsman in the nets. Manus Lavashane, Steve Smith, just having a warm-up about 30 metres away and uh, looking forward to what's going to be a great finish. The weather, of course, everyone wants to know about that, don't they? There's a 29% chance that it will rain now, an hour before start of play, and then over the next few hours, 18, 22, 17, 26, at 3 o'clock, there's a 60% chance of rain. And then we get to sort of later in the day, at 6 o'clock, when we could still be playing, if there are delays, 11 and 7%. So we could be right down to the wire here. If we lose an hour, we can play till 7.30. So we could be right down to the wire here with Australia needing uh, just under 250 to win in England, of course, needing 10 wickets. And, of course, the draw, which would make the series go Australia's way 2-1. Laurie, I just can't believe what you just said then. There was a 29% chance of rain. Not 28, not 30, 29% exactly. Yeah. Who the hell that's is the doing BBC. That's, oh, that's you... the BBC for you. Fair <laughs> income. I mean, I, yeah, love number no, I... I love numbers. I love percentages. But 29 mm. The other way is you can look at the 71% chance it won't rain. So that's where we're at at the moment. It does feel a little bit heavy and overcast, but luckily uh, the grand staff are out in the middle. They're rolling another pitch for the next game that Surrey play here or for a match for the 100 that's coming up. And the grand staff, they know, if they thought there was a hint of it raining in the next five or ten minutes, they'd have the covers ready to go yeah. at this stage. Uh, they're not on the pitch, and we're, we're looking forward to 11 o'clock start in one hour's time. Laurie, I thought the England bowling was so lacklustre. The pitch seemed just benign. It really was. The bowlers weren't doing much at all. So Australia can yep. almost treat this like a 50-over you know, game, 250 and a good deck with all 10 wickets in hand. You know, As long as it doesn't rain, they'll be the hot favourite, surely. I don't know about hot favourites. Um, I think they're certainly a slim favourite at this stage. Um, I think, you know... You look at England's attack, Anderson's looking a bit tired. Um, they didn't bowl Wood much yesterday, which I was just completely mm. baffled by. I didn't come on to the score. was none for 99, which to me just seemed ridiculous. I would have had him on first change, um, given the trouble he's caused a few of the batsmen in this series. Um, you know, Mo and Ali bowled a few overs, you know, fairly inconsequential. Joe Root had to bowl overs. And, uh, you know, England are probably just as tired as Australia are. So I thought the efforts of Warner and Kawaji yesterday were fantastic. You know, Warner really battled and battled and stuck at it well. And he increased his tempo from other innings in recent test matches and, and played pretty well. Got that strike rate back up above 50 runs per 100 balls. And, and David Warner, once he got to about 30, he got into that sort of batting zone frame of mind where you don't even think about who the bowler is. He just plays ball on its merits and showed a touch of class. But the last 13 wickets in this test match, 640 runs have been yeah. scored. Australia, you remember, was 7 run 86. Last three wickets put on 110. England made 395 very, yeah. very quickly uh, in 80 overs and went on for 135. So that tells you that the pitch is still very, very good and should be today. I'm always fascinated when you, you said you, you know, you're 30 metres from Smith and Labuschagne as they're warming up. 
Do you see yeah. them do anything? I mean, you watch a lot of cricket. You've watched them. You've watched the warm-up. You've talked to us through this whole series. Do you see them do yeah. anything different? Is, is it just this is what we do, this is how we do it, this is how long we do it for? Do they do, they do anything different? Oh, meticulous. Yeah. I think in the past, I've just sort of noted that they're in the nets and haven't watched them closely. But as the series has gone on, and as sort of we've had our bit of battle to try and get a decent, you know, first inning scores over 300, I've actually watched a bit closer. And well, Marnus is here now. He's just having a bit of a, a throw down from Michael Divinito. Steve Smith was practicing some pull shots earlier. Put him on. I think it's about getting <laughs> I mean, Yeah, no, he's just uh, he's gone now. But he's, um, I think he's one of those players that he just wants to get his feet moving, get things going, get the blood pumping a bit. And just also, like, Moe and Ali's just having a bowl in the nets as well at the moment. So, um, players are just milling around. A lot of the England boys are just kicking soccer balls at the moment. So, it's a pretty uh, relaxed sort of start to the day, to be honest, with just under an hour to go to the first ball. Laurie, it's interesting for people that don't realise how quick, say, a Mark Wood or, or Stark can bowl top. Mm-hmm. They just stand behind yeah. a practice net and watch the boys charge yeah. in there. It, it's, you haven't yeah. got a lot of time to think. It's a bit like when you sit up high on the stand and watch him, and he does seem very, very quick at times. But then if you're at ground level, uh, like we are here at the moment, uh, and it just flies through. And, and it's like, I suppose, when a car goes past you at 90 mile an hour when you're at ground level, you're up in the stand watching a, a touring car race. It doesn't seem that quick. But when you're at ground level, it seems much, much quicker. So, you know, again, just back on him yesterday, I just was shocked that he didn't bowl earlier. I would have thought it would have been perfect to get him in at, say, none for about 20 when Wokes came on. But they went with the swing. And uh, fortunately for Australia, it's worked out in their favour. And as you say, they're probably in the box seat, Wills. Yeah, I, I, I'm, I'm with you. I mean, he just four four overs of just, you know, express stuff. A couple of shorties. Yeah. I mean, everyone worries. I, I couldn't agree more. Just just at, at the final, right, Australia, let's say Australia win. Every, yeah. Everyone's happy. They win the series. Lead gentlemen. Does Pat Cummins become a great captain? Yeah, it's a good question. I think he becomes a highly successful captain and in the end, the, the, the tactics justify the means and the final outcome. Um, I don't know if he's a great captain, but i tell you why, he's got, he will have gotten one of the great results. Australia have not won an Ashes series here in 22 years. They've, they've saved series, they've re- retained the Ashes, but this would be an amazing moment and would take a lot of pressure off him and a lot of guys in the team. It would enable Warner to play his last three tests in Australia. Yeah. Um, you know, it would be a hell of a legacy to make it four Ashes um, series in a row for Australia. Who's been your big winner for the Aussies and, and your, perhaps your big loser? And also your thoughts mm-hmm. on Alex Carey. I mean, he started in yeah. such brilliant form. And then the is really, yeah. I don't know whether the Lords thing has upset him, but he's, certainly his batting's dropped yeah. off. Yeah. No, I think it has, Wilds. I think it's been tough for him. I think he's kept brilliantly. I know he put a chance down uh, here on the first day, but he's kept, uh, you know, giving nine, nine and a half out of ten for his keeping. His batting slipped. We all know that. I think the extra pace of Woods worried him at times and has worried others as well. Um, as for the successes, I think Mitchell Marsh has uh, yep. really emerged as now Australia's best all-rounder. And at 32 years of age, he's still got some test cricket ahead of him. And I would not be surprised if he came in next. If they're worried Australia, they're only going to get 50 or 60 overs today. I'd actually send him in next for a couple of reasons. Play some shots, right hand, left hand. You've got two left handers in at the moment. And England, I don't think would be expecting it. So... I would be looking to put him in next and maybe even Travis Head at four, depending on the outcome, because Labashane in the first inning is pretty slow. We don't need that sort of innings now if Australia trying to chase down these next 248 runs in, say, 50, 60 overs. And the big disappointment, maybe Cameron Green? Yeah. 
Uh, Scotty Boland a bit, yeah. um, unfortunately. Uh, I've been a bit, it was a bit sad because he's had such a good test career and then suddenly Gone. the complete, you know, what drops out of his game. Um, apart from that, probably, um, you know, Greeny, yes, a bit disappointing, but a big learning curve for him. He's only young and he'll, he'll bounce back. And I think for England, uh, you know, you look at, um, you know, Crawley's performance uh, in the last couple of tests. And I think uh, Stuart Broad, unbelievable. What a great career mm. he's had. He's going to go out in the high. And the other disappointments, I think James Anderson, five wickets at about 80. Can he do something today? And I think Ollie Robinson let himself down in that first test when he got stuck into a garage. He, he, he went after the wrong bloke. It was, it was yeah. poor from him. And he hasn't played the last few tests. So uh, we'll be to see how he bounces back in the future. Laurie, loves your reports. When you get back, I'll buy you a couple of beers and a big ice cream too. And it won't cost me 10 euros. So <laughs> <laughs> looking forward to you coming home. <laughs> It's always a pleasure talking to you, Blakes, and looking forward to getting back. Cheers. Laurie Culliver there. Uh, what about that? I'm 30 metres away from Marnus Labuschagne. Yeah, and I, I think your point you make, Bloody, I reckon they would be meticulous, do everything yeah. methodically. Yeah. They don't leave anything for chance, right. do they? And wouldn't you buy Laurie a duck wrap? He seemed to like them. Oh, he likes everything. He's, he's the likes biggest it. food eater. <laughs> he posts all these things on social media of all the stuff he's eaten. He's, he's unbelievable. Great bloke, but he knows his cricket. Yeah, of course he does. Absolutely back yeah. to front. So you're going Australia tonight? Yes, I am. So am I. I think Australia needing 250. The weather could be kind, and uh, it's going to come right down to the wine. He even said Mitch Marsh might come in at first drop. Uh, coming up shortly, Mark Bickley, it is 6.39. Well, from cricket to football, and we saw the Adelaide Crows put on an unbelievable performance. All for tyre power, winter safety sale now on 25% off equivalent with four for three on selected Falcon tyres. Tyre power, get your free five-minute safety check. Mark Bickley was at the ground, does a wonderful job. Special comments for SEN. Adelaide Premiership player, two-time captain and all, all that. But Bix was not happy, bloody. Not often does Bix go off, but he went off when we saw the collision between oh, Alia. Yeah. Alia and Lockie Jones is one of the biggest clashes we've seen. And when Alia came on five minutes later, we looked at each other in absolute disbelief. Bix, how are you? Yeah, I'm well, David. Malcolm, how are you? Yeah, we're going well. Um, incredible, wasn't it? The scenes that unfolded, we almost heard the heads clash from the we're five stories up. Uh, it was a it was a big collision. Um, they both looked to be out momentarily. Certainly, Lockie Jones filled his arm out, and and it looked like Ali was out for the night. But when he came back on, <laughs> look on your face was incredible. Well, I just I was bewildered because, um, and, and I think a little bit of of it was because, and this is uh, I think I was coaching probably 2014 was my last year as an assistant coach at Adelaide. So that's nine years ago. Now I remember sitting through the concussion protocol then. And what they talked about, they talked about if you go into what's called the fencing position, which is when your arms go out mm. straight and tense, which was what Lockie Jones was, um, then that's, that's a sign of your, your brain's in some sort of spasm, I think they described it. And, and that's it. You're instantly out of the game. So I saw that. And then the other thing they talk about during this presentation we had, once again, this is nine years ago, we knew about half as much about concussion as we do now. They said, if you are knocked out or you, you appear to be knocked out like which is and they, they go through the symptoms which is um you know not protecting yourself when you fall you know looking like your limbs are all floppy as you fall to the yeah. ground and they, they describe all of them it was almost a carbon copy of what we saw when we looked at that Aaliyah in the replay and and so I, the minute literally the minute we saw that i just said to myself these guys couldn't possibly take any more part in the game. So that's why I was surprised and, and mainly from just a, a welfare position because knowing what we know now and, and 
and you know the some of the repercussions that that uh, we have a bit more knowledge on. It just seems to me there's so much work being done by the AFL to protect the head that this would have uh, been almost one of those ones where you know you would there wouldn't be too much sort of debate about it. I just thought it would have been one of those ones that was pretty cut and dry. Mark, I, I, look, I couldn't agree more, hundred percent more. I, I I don't know where this is going to go. This this is not a great decision. And it is, is a club doctor, if we can read it all, the Port Adelaide Club Doctor, which is fine. I mean, I guess no one's ever perfect. But I also went through that protocol when I was with the Gold Coast Suns, exactly that. That was the classic. The two of them were classical concussion head hits. No question at all. No question at all. And one of the things that happened was that the doctor on the bench would look at a replay just to make yep. sure exact the exact movements that you were talking about how it happened so that soon as one of the players went through those, the two that you've just described beautifully, out. Sorry, son, you're out. So mm. I just can't imagine how that didn't happen this time. Liz said he was okay. The doc thought yeah, he looked but, okay, mate, but that's wrong. Apparently, that's wrong, I, though. I had 15. I said I was all right 12 times, apparently. Yeah. I didn't mm. even know I'd said it. Yeah. 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 And look, the other thing as well, and we're very – oh, I certainly was. <laughs> like, I didn't think – I thought this one was pretty cut and dry, but when – Earlier came back on. I was quite shocked, as you would have heard if you heard the. Well, but everyone was. All the three of us in the commentary box. But you then instantly, I thought to myself, let's be a little bit mindful here because the doctor has a lot more training than us, and and clearly is across the protocols. Maybe there was some sort of freak of nature, something that we didn't know about. So, so I'm always a little bit hesitant to ever question people, sort of in the the medical field, when I have sort of no real experience, but. You know, I think over the weekend, what we've been able to ascertain, I, I heard a, um, a neuroscientist who's a professor, and he basically said, I, you know, he explained the, the symptoms that we all saw, and he basically said, I wouldn't have tested those guys with the, the SCAT test. I wouldn't have even put them through that test. He said, I would have made the decision after looking at the video within three seconds I would yes, have said yeah. they both have they both have to enter the concussion protocol. There is no point in testing them because they were so clear cut. So, so that is from a professor of neuroscience, which you know you'd assume he's got a reasonable handle of what's going on. So that's where I think there's a couple of things that I take out of this. Um, one is the the discussion we're having. So let's forget. The, the, you know, the doctor at Port Adelaide, let's forget, you know, if it's a human error or not. What happens is instantly what we are all sort of now starting to think, you know, questioning, was it because he was a defender and, you know, this state of the game and, and there was two Port Adelaide players and, you know, I'm sure Ali would have been saying, no, I'm fine, put me back on. This is where I think you just have to. The AFL now has to have an independent doctor at every game an independent yep. doctor, exactly what you said, Malcolm, watches the video and says, no, that's it. Th those two players aren't taking any further part in the game because of the concussion protocols. It takes it totally out of the hands of, of club uh, people and, and nobody can then question the motives of the coach or the, or the, or the players or the, the club doctors because you have an independent person who's, who's actually making those decisions. I think out of... What happened on the weekend, I reckon the time's right. It happens at NRL level. They have a, yep. they call them a scout, and they watch all the vision, and if they see an incident where they think a player might have knocked his head, they, they demand that that player comes off and does a test, or if they see something where 
it's quite obvious, like the weekend, they rule them straight out. So I think that's where we mm. should be heading. Pix, I thought it was Adelaide's best four-quarter performance. It happened in the in the opening minute. We saw Crouch lay that big tackle, and I think Laird also. One was Wines they they pinned down, and and Port looked to be just a step behind the pace. So, what do you make of that? As as good as Adelaide were, are there some alarm bells ringing for Port Adelaide? Yeah, no doubt. And it just comes down to like throughout a year, teams will fluctuate in form, and they'll they'll be up and down. And I think that's been one of the real. Uh, pluses for Port Adelaide. Their form has fluctuated, but they've still found a way to win. And I guess it's a little bit about the last couple of weeks or the last three weeks, their form's fluctuated and they've gone down a little bit, but they've played three pretty good sides at the moment where, you know, Carlton were in really good form and they're, they're on a roll of six or so in a row, six or seven in a row. We know that Collingwood are a good side and they met Adelaide uh, when Adelaide performed pretty well. And, and Adelaide's form against the top four sides is pretty good. They've beaten yeah. Port twice, come up short against Collingwood by a couple of points twice, beaten Brisbane and, and got rolled by Melbourne by a kick. So Adelaide's form when they can produce it consistently is very good. And I think that's what happened on the weekend. And Malcolm, um, your sort of sage advice to Adelaide, which was continue to play Matt Crouch and get him around the ball, that was very good. He was outstanding again on the weekend. 13 clearances, uh, used his legs, as you, you pointed out last yeah. week, and Ten score involvement, so he looks like he's got a new lease of life, which is which is great for him, and and looks like it's good for Adelaide. But the other, the big one for me that I took out of the whole game was Scott Lysette. Right now, is Port Adelaide's most important player. When he's up and about, they look great. On the weekend, they just looked like they were behind the eight ball, particularly at stoppage around the ground. They were comprehensively beaten. When he played against Carlton, and he looked like he was not quite 100% fit. De Koning jumped all over him, and uh, and he battled. And then against Collingwood, he was subbed out just after three-quarter time, and that's when Collingwood sort of got a bit of a roll on. So they need to get him up and going, because in the absence of Scott, unfortunately, they've got a, a young fellow by the name of Vicentini who's played two games, and you know he's just very early on in his journey, and it's you know he's finding out what it's all about. Hayes is injured. Finlayson, I don't think, is a, is a real option other than just pinch hitting every now and then. So, uh, and Dixon, he's probably the next best, but you just wonder about that big knee bandage he's got and whether yeah. he can physically do it. So that's the, that's a glaring hole for mine in Port Adelaide's armoury. Yeah, and one of the things is there's some criticism of Ruckman, you know, and that means I don't reckon a lot of those people understand it. If you've got a man in there that really competes and makes a pathway and gets his hand occasionally and gives you a freebie occasionally... You don't have to get 20 down your throat, but I just mm. reckon that's exactly right. And you start moving, Mark. You played a lot in the midfield. You know if your big fella's going to get a hand on it roughly, you can actually take a half a step before the opposition because you know that your fella's not going to get beat. Mm, and, and what we pointed out as well during the call is I reckon Adelaide got about three or four holding free kicks at stoppage because the Port Adelaide players knew they weren't going to win the tap and Correct. the player, Adelaide player bolted and they thought, oh dear, I've got a stop him here because he's going to get one on the go and, and race away. And, and it just makes you jumping and reactionary. And that's just what I thought felt happened to, to Port on the weekend. Perfect summation. Now, yeah. Keane and Nankervis. Wow. Where have these been hiding? I mean, they look really, <laughs> really competent. Uh, well, they've, they've contributed unbelievably. Irish smiling. Yeah. I can't believe it. <laughs> well, it's interesting with Keane because I, I thought his first two or three touches, he looked a bit wobbly and I thought... I was a little bit surprised they started him on Dixon, to be honest. And then that second quarter, I reckon he outmarked Charlie Dixon three or four times, and it was like, wow, that's pretty handy. 
One thing I, I do know about some of the Irish blokes, they're really powerful. And speaking to the recruiters at Adelaide, they just said he's got great movement and he's got great power and he, he'll run. And, and, you know, he's he looks... He's really solid through the hips and thighs. I, I like the look of that cut. That looks familiar. And uh, he, But he's a good size, too. He's 194 or 195 Four, centimetres. Yep. So he was really powerful. And the longer the game went, the sort of the better he got. I thought late Dixon took probably three marks, uh, contested marks, and, and fought back a little bit. But I think the fact he's played six games with Collingwood, one game with Adelaide for... He's now the most experienced key defender at Adelaide with seven yeah, games. That's, that's so right. He's yeah. literally going to have to stand up with Butts and Murray and Duday all out. So um, uh, it was in the end, it looks like a, a very clever uh, recruiting move because it was last minute once uh, once the, the young fellow Mackesy decided that his future was back in Melbourne. They were able to, to pull the trigger on, on uh, Keane as a rookie-listed player. He comes over and... And now it looks like he's going to play an important role uh, in, in the first year that he's over here and he, he signed a contract extension. So shrewd uh, spotting from Adelaide. You look at this, Murray, rookie-listed player, but yep. rookie-listed player, now Keane. That's, that's a pretty good strike rate. So well done to Adelaide. I'm just Mark, I can't remember the story. How come he got away from Collingwood? I was he went to, back to Ireland. Oh, Ireland, that's right. Yep. And had a year yep, off. That's right. Then yeah. came back and tried to... Yeah, what about... Now, now, Matt, when he went back there, by the way, he won the uh, the, the National Hurling Championship for the, the Premier team over there. So <laughs> he's pretty versatile. Hurling, football, uh, you name it. If you haven't ever seen a game of hurling, I've watched a couple of games when I played Irish football over there. It is the maddest game. Yeah. You reckon You reckon Australian rules is mad. Ever get hold of hurling, look on YouTube somewhere, it is the most dangerous game I've ever seen. And that's probably where he's got his good balance and agility yeah. too when he plays the game. Hey, Bix, um, Lance Franklin has announced his retirement and I've been leading the campaign, I think, for seven years. The best player I've seen in the last 30 or 40 years for different reasons. And, you know, you got Wayne Carey's and all these other types, but... What a career he's had. When I say best, he's probably the most dynamic and exciting. You've seen him a lot close up. Mm. We're lucky enough to call his games when he, you know, a couple of times a year. But where do you rank the big Lance? Yeah, look, he, he, like you said, at his top, he like you said, dynamic is a great word because I can remember uh, coaching against him and when he was at full full swing at Hawthorne. And one of the things we would always debate, you know, like he'd run up the ground. We used to play, say, a Nathan Bock or someone on, on him. He physically, he could match him, and he'd get right up the ground. And we'd always say to, to the defenders, just be careful when he gets up the ground because what he'll do, he'll lose you in traffic. And then he just takes off and runs back towards goal, and, and it's game over. You just couldn't catch him. You know, he was just such a, a physical athlete. And I've heard people talk about him being uh, top five for speed, you know, for the group of players he came through, top five for endurance, top five for power in terms of, uh, you know, all the, the weight stuff. He was just, uh, you know, he had that the, the sort of full bottle of physical attributes. And then, of course, he just had the X factor, you know, the kick, the, the ability to mark. Probably, when you think about it, he, I don't think he rivals Wayne Carey in the marking department, but he certainly had Carey in terms of that that speed and, and get the up ground the ground ball, and I think. Yeah, yeah, all those other things. So, look, I, I think it's unfair to, com- to compare. They're, they're all superstars, but he's been as you said, one of the absolute greats. So uh, it's it's a sad day, but in some ways, uh, I, you know, it's sad that he got injured and we don't get a chance to sort of farewell him. But when when they were talking about him playing on one more year, I was sort of I wasn't quite sure, you know, from what I've seen this year. So 
I think all, all things in balance. I think he's made a really good choice. You'll get a send-off grand final day. They'll do a lap of honour mm-hmm. there. Hey, Bix, great as always. Enjoyed the game with you on the weekend. And, uh, well, this week, they can say go Crows. Yeah, well, always love chatting with you, Bix. Thanks, uh, Mark Bickley there. You know him quite well, Blighty. You, you two had a fantastic relationship. Hey, tomorrow on the show, we've got uh, Crows youngster, Harry Schonberg. He'll oh, join good. us, chat yep. about the victory on Saturday night. And tonight... Wow, Matilda's v Canada. Yeah, I know. What? A, and it's all around Sam Kerr. They seem to have got as much wrong as they can. They've got it wrong, <laughs> but they've got it. So the only way they can get it right, Blighty, is to win. Yeah, and it's, you, know, you know, it's funny. Apparently, the great ones score goals in that game, and uh, perhaps if she can score a goal, that would be great. You can't in soccer after siren, though, can you? No, this you is can't. A penalty shootout or something like that. Yeah. Uh, also, the cricket, obviously, yep. big. Hopefully, the weather's okay, as we, we discussed earlier, but. Um, Two fifty, it's just like a, a one day game. Well, it's like not even a, a one day game now, is it? Ten wickets I mean, left. They get three hundred. Don't worry about day. the three eighty. Yeah, They're chasing two fifty. I, I think Australia deserves to be a fairly short price favourite. A great as always, Malcolm. We'll do it all again tomorrow night between six and seven. Bye for now. Bye, David.